Welcome to my Japanese Green Tea Podcast, a show dedicated to Japanese tea. Hosted by tea blogger Ricardo Caicedo. Welcome to episode 46 of my Japanese Green Tea Podcast. Today's guest is Michael Hemling, who is both a tea and water sommelier. He's going to tell us more about these two subjects. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the show. Hello, Ricardo. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm, uh, I'm originally from uh, Germany and uh, I'm currently living in uh, Lilongwe, Malawi. And I'm working here with uh, the World Food Program. But uh, besides that, uh, I'm, I'm also a certified uh, tea sommelier with the uh, World Tea Academy. And I'm also a certified uh, water sommelier with uh, the Fine Water Academy. Why did you become interested in, in being a water and tea sommelier? Yeah, I think the, the, the first thing a few years ago, what, what I really became interested in is uh, learning about more about the tea. And uh, in 2016, I joined the World Tea Academy and I did uh, about a one-year online course. It's quite an extensive uh, course to become a certified uh, tea sommelier. And uh, when I was going through these, these uh, online studies, I always uh, wondered about, uh, well, we spend a lot of time on, on focusing on the quality of the tea. And there's a lot of discussion about uh, the, the consistency and, uh, and uh, the flavors and the aromas and focused on tea. But I always was wondering, how about the 95% uh, which actually go into the, into the tea and what's the quality behind that? And I think that's where I really became interested to learn more about the, what's the impact of water in, in tea. And uh, then in 2018, Martin Riese and uh, Mike Masha. Mike Masha is the, the founder of uh, the, the Fine Water Society. And Martin Riese is a, is a, is a famous uh, water sommelier in the US. And uh, they started the Fine Water Academy. And, uh, and I saw it as an opportunity to learn more about uh, water. And I joined them. And then in the end of 2018, I became the, the first graduate actually of the Fine Water Academy, and uh, I made it really my, my signature within the Fine Water Academy to to link these these two industries together. And uh, and uh, you can also see I can give you the link also, Ricardo, on uh, um, the final project I did for for the certification on the, the Fine Water Academy on uh, the role of uh, of water and tea and what what differences that really has. Well, sure, thank you. I'll I'll post it in the blog. I've never talked to a water sommelier before, so could you explain a little more, like, what do you do as a water sommelier? Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, get, I get this a lot. I think the first, the first ever, whenever I, I tell somebody that I'm a, a water sommelier, they always get the, the, the question mark from, from people, what, what is that really? What, what do you do? And uh, the, the way I'm seeing myself is an uh, is, uh, ambassador for what is quite a substantial category in the, in the water industry, which is the, the fine water industry. And it's really focused on, uh, on water brands, which uh, come from a natural source. So these are waters which, uh, which came from a spring or, or come from an artesian well. And uh, there's quite a lot of uh, brands all around uh, the world. And the Fine Water Society is trying to, to bring these brands together and then really try to define uh, a segment in the, in the industry in really promoting and making uh, a water really a more popular as a as a beverage and, and find equally water on the table like the same as you have with uh, with wine or you have with uh, tea during during the meal so it's a, a lot of focuses on the 
gastronomy and on restaurants, but uh, also in general, I've noticed the same as it is in the in the tea industry. I think uh, what I've learned since I joined uh, um, the, the tea industry, that people are very passionate about their products and they're passionate about uh, talking about their products. And it's the same I've noticed also then in the in the water in the fine water industry that uh, people are very proud in uh, educating people on uh, where their waters come from and uh, and uh, how they they basically uh, went to the whole process because when when the water is created naturally it goes to the whole process from the cloud to to when it then finally lands up in the in the bottle it it really it's a journey and uh, and there are so many different journeys water can take I mean you can have uh, waters like for instance Svalbardi which is uh, uh, melted from an iceberg, which uh, literally comes from the cloud and is then sealed for for hundreds and hundreds of years uh, in in the iceberg before it gets melted. Or you can have waters which uh, which go through uh, different layers uh, in in the earth and the different stones and uh, pick up the minerals as they go to this journey, and which in some cases can take hundreds and thousands of uh, of years. And you really see that product then in the in the bottle, which I think is a very fascinating uh, um, journey. And of course, the idea is that there is a big difference in taste. Yeah, ab absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, for 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 us in the in the in the fine water industry, the the, the measurement stick is really the the, the TDS, the totally dissolved uh, solids, and uh, which is the, the the mineral level within the the water. So, and uh, I think that TDS level really drives then uh, the the character and the shape of the the water. And uh, I think there's the second next question after. Somebody asked me um, why I'm a water sommelier, and then, then also that uh, well, what's the taste of water? Like, how can you really define? Uh, I mean, to me, water is, is water. That's that's normally a very typical question I get. And uh, when when you look at uh, at different uh, waters with different TDS, not not just uh, water with still waters or sparkling waters, which is normally what most people are familiar with, but then also within the range of uh, of still or sparkling waters, you can really when you start tasting, and I think part of being a sommelier is really um, tasting and experiencing water so that I can then convey that message to a, to a broader audience and really um, advocate for, for what's the taste, the difference. And you can have waters with a, with a very low TDS, which will have a completely taste uh, than a water which has uh, TDS in the thousands or even like in some cases in the, in the most extreme in the 10,000. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that before. There are some brands in my country of water that I would prefer one over the other. And I say, oh, this one tastes nice. But but I don't get much into it. But some people say, you're crazy. They, they all taste like water. Yeah. No, I think I think what, what I've also realized over the last couple of years, I think we're we're taking also water for, for granted. I mean, I think uh, I'm seeing this also here in, in Malawi that uh, where access to water, I think it's, it's very difficult. And uh, for here, here in Malawi, People never take it for granted that uh, that when when you have uh, clean water because it's so difficult to, to get. But I think uh, a lot of us uh, see that water is part of our normal day-to-day -day life. They might have a water filter at their their house or they have bottled water at their homes. But uh, once you actually put all your awareness on uh, on different brands and different taste of brands, and as a sommelier, you start. I, I'm also giving a lot of uh, water tasting. Uh, where then showcase like what the difference in the taste is, and I think once you become aware of that uh, the taste, that really people are really uh, amazed and, and people are almost like shocked that uh, there, there can be such a difference uh, between different water brands and, and, and the, the tastes in these brands. And coming back to the subject of tea, how did you get interested in tea? Tea, I think that that was a, that's a, that's a very good question. I mean, I was even in in the the, the World Tea Academy. 
we've reflected on on that. And I've, I think my my the, the, for me the, the 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 starting point was always my mother was was born in uh, in Russia, and uh, every summer we would take the train from from Berlin to uh, to St. Petersburg or back then Leningrad, and uh, it's it's a two hour a two day uh, train ride, and uh, the conductor would be responsible for serving tea and it would come it would be like a traditional russian black tea in a thick iron uh, cup with uh, with uh, with a glass in, in the middle and then always one piece of uh, sugar and i was my job was always on the train to get the tea for the for the whole family and i think that's where probably subconsciously the journey started and then uh, i think in 2015 i joined uh, the, the the tea of the month club with uh, twinings and uh, where they would send you a package with uh, every month of a different tea, but they would also give you a lot of background on the, the flavor of the tea, where does the tea comes from. And I think that was for me quite quite fascinating. And uh, and I really started to to read a lot. And then when I really joined then the the World Tea Academy, it uh, it, it really started to open up uh, the horizon for for me. And I think it what I've what I've learned then over the the coming years that uh, there is a lot of people. Were really passionate about uh, their their tea plantation and the product that they, they have, and I think uh, for me one of the biggest uh, journeys in the, in the tea industry is really learning about uh, where does the tea actually comes from and uh, what even to the point like who are the tea farmers like who are the the ones who are who are uh, producing the, the tea and uh, because so much care goes into the different uh, types of teas and uh, to the final product and for me that always has been very fascinating. Okay, so let's go straight into the main subject. What do you find interesting regarding the relationship between water and tea? I mean, the, for, for me, the, the, the most uh, interesting uh, aspect is that uh, um, you, you achieve different results with uh, different waters, uh, even using the same, same tea. I mean, the, in the, the final project I did for, for the, the, the Fine Water Academy, I used the exact same tea with the exact same uh, temperature and uh, and the brewing time, but different waters. And you can really see even the color would be different uh, by by using different teas. And I think you can then really by using different waters, you can really influence uh, the, the the character of, of the tea. And uh, um, a question I also get a lot is uh, what what's the best uh, best water for for tea? And uh, I think uh, my my main answer is always that uh, the it should be a low TDS level because uh, a tea itself comes already with so many complex uh, elements and uh, over 400 different uh, chemical elements, uh, minerals, uh, and uh, you don't want to disturb the, the actual character of the tea, like the way the, the tea farmer has intended it to be. So if you choose uh, a water which uh, does not impact that with, uh, with at least a TDS level below 50, then I think you get the best results uh, in the end. If you use a water which has a very high TDS, like 400, 500, 600, then, then I think it, uh, the, the two mineral contents will mingle and it will disturb a little bit the flavor of the, of the tea. Can you explain what TDS is? Yeah, the TDS stands for totally dissolved solids, and uh, that's the, the total level of uh, minerals uh, within uh, the, the water. And normally, when you when you go to the supermarket and uh, you pick up a bottle of spring water, which comes from a natural source, you normally on the label you see a description of uh, all the different minerals uh, which which are in the in the in the water. Like normally, you have things like like sodium, magnesium, calcium. Like these are normally very very common in uh, in a lot of different uh, waters. But then you also have a uh, a lot of uh, waters which have uh, higher minerals or which have a particular mineral which is which is higher because. Uh, the, the mineral was picked up in their journey from rain to, 
to the, the to the the well or to the source, and that really then shapes the character of uh, of that particular water. Like for instance, the Fiji water has a very high silica level, so you can really then get this uh, this smooth and silky taste and, and 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 flavor in the in the water. Whereas like a lot of German waters where, where I come from. Uh, they have normally like a very high uh, TDS uh, level, like for instance, Gerold Steiner, which is a very popular uh, global brand. And uh, you, that really then shapes the, the way you then uh, taste the water. That's related to soft water and hard water, right? Correct. I mean, uh, normally like uh, certain minerals will then shape uh, the, the hardness of the, of, the, of the water. So like certain minerals then uh, will, it's a similar like for instance in the, Uh, if you have a, a washing machine and you have to to change the the, the equipment all, all all time because the the um, the, 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 the water is very hard and it then impacts the, the machine that's similar in uh, in water that there are certain minerals then which have an impact uh, like like calcium impact on the on the hardness or the softness of the water so regarding a soft water in in terms of tds how much would that be um, it, it depends a little bit. I mean, like normally there's different uh, scales on uh, on how you measure the the, the softness and the uh, and the hardness. I mean, certainly from a perspective of uh, of using uh, uh, water for for tea, you want to make sure that uh, you have a, a softer water. And normally, what also then comes into play is the uh, the, the the pH level, because normally you want to have something which is uh, pH level seven, which is right in the middle or slightly above. So between seven and 7.5 is kind of like the ideal. You normally also find this when you go to the supermarket on the label, you see the, 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 the pH level. And if you go to the extremes of uh, very acidic or, or, or very uh, base water, then uh, that also can have a impact on the taste of the, of the water. So best for teas, low TDS and like neutral pH. Correct. Yeah, that, that's for me. I mean, there's some there's some brands uh, like, for instance, so to give you one example, uh, there's an Italian brand called uh, Aqua Mirelli. Uh, it's a bit hard to get, but uh, um, that normally has a has a has a very low has a TDS of about uh, 30, and uh, has a, has about slightly above uh, seven uh, pH level. And uh, in in my studies and in in my uh, um, testing different waters for for tea. That normally has the has the best results, but it's it's really difficult to say like uh, that one particular water is the, the best. I think a lot of it is uh, experimenting and then really trying to see like what first of all what uh, what fits fits the best uh, taste profile. Because I always say that uh, the the best water in the world is the water which you like the, the most. There's no one singular water which uh, everybody likes, but I think all of our tastes are different. So everybody has a has its own preferred water they they might prefer for their tea. Well, for example. In, in my city, I, I know that it is uh, soft water and, and I've tasted hard water or like, you know, water with high TDS and I can tell the difference and it's very mineral, like even so, so, like heavy. And, yeah, yeah. But, but the problem is, let's say so, someone lives in another place. How can you measure the, your own water uh, TDS level and pH? Is it easy? Uh, normally, I mean, nowadays it's fairly easy. I mean, if you live in a in a in like say in a, in a, in a Western country, then normally it's no problem. Somewhere in a store, you can pick up uh, a TDS meter, or there there's also um, pH strips uh, which uh, which which uh, a lot of uh, chemical sets have, and then you can test uh, the TDS level with a TDS meter or the the pH level. I mean, it's it's normally relatively standard uh, chemical equipment nowadays, and it, it's easy to do. I mean, normally. What I was mostly relying on is uh, 
is the descriptions. I mean, I would do a lot of research on the waters. And if, if you're a water brand, which really puts a lot of attention on the quality and the taste, then every water brand on their website or even on the bottle have a, have a mineral descriptions. And you can see, really then see how much, what is the calcium level, what is the magnesium, the, the sodium level. And uh, that can gives you, that gives you then an indication on, uh, on how that water might then impact uh, the, the, the brewing of the tea. Because then the minerals, if you have a, a large number of minerals uh, in your water, that will then impact uh, the, the brewing process. And uh, these minerals will then interact with uh, the minerals which are already in the tea. Suppose someone lives in a place with, with a high TDS local water. What would you suggest? Like, how can he, should he buy a special brand of water or is it better to have a water filter would that help yeah i mean no, normally i'm thinking from a from a from a fine water um, society and from a fine water industry perspective our recommendation would always try to as much as possible try to to source the water from a from a from a brand which is a natural source and uh, and was normally when when you have uh, i mean we i fully understand that in some countries including my own where i'm here right now in malawi it's very difficult to To, to source certain uh, water brands. And uh, certainly a, a water filter can, can help to, to get some of the, the elements uh, which are not favorable for, for the taste or not favorable for, for a tea brewing process, they can help to, to eliminate that. And, uh, but, but even a lot of the, 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 the purified waters or even, even in a lot of cases, the, the tap waters, you will find that uh, they have uh, further added chemicals uh, In, in the in the water like a lot of the tap waters municipal waters they're adding fluorides they're they're adding other things to make the water safe which is which is understandable but it also then will have an impact uh, in terms of the the taste of the, the water and then also then the taste when you brew the tea if you have a very high quality tea and and you use very high quality water then the the taste should be very very apparent versus using a low quality water Yeah, you can. I think from from my perspective, at least that that has been my experience. Like if I if I follow the principle of uh, using a water with a low TDS and uh, and try then to to follow what's recommended in terms of the brewing time and uh, and the the, um, the water temperature, I think with all these components, then the result I think is already quite quite good. I think I've I've tried to to do this also then in my uh, final project for the Fine Water Academy, and then you can really see the difference uh, even in the in the in the appearance of the of the tea and definitely in the in the appearance of the taste in it. So knowing that lower TDS is better, even between low TDS waters, th there is still a difference, right? So it's not that you just want zero TDS. You you have to find one level that you like. Correct. I mean the the, the zero TDS. I mean, for instance, like distilled water, which has no more minerals, which was completely stripped of uh, of uh, any mineral contents. That's the other extreme. And uh, I've also noticed that when we we did a lot of experiments with distilled water, which is, for instance, in the US, uh, which is which is almost sold as like the the, the health water, but uh, water with uh, no minerals will have a, also a negative effect uh, on on your health and your body because your 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 body gets a lot of its mineral content uh, through water. To the hydration, and if you you take distilled water, it uh, it will strip your body from from these uh, these minerals. So I think that's the that's the other extreme. But uh, even with uh, with a low TDS uh, water below 50, it, it it really depends on what kind of minerals are then in the in the water and how these minerals are done interacting uh, with uh, the the composition of the tea. Can you give us examples of 
of tea and water pairings that you like? Oof, I think there, there's a there's a lot of different uh, different pairings. I mean, what for me was was uh, was quite fascinating is, uh, and again, from from my perspective as a sommelier, because as a sommelier and as an ambassador for for water and tea, I'm really trying to see how can I take uh, uh, the the water and the tea experience to the next level. So, like a few years ago, I did an Instagram series uh, on. Uh, pairing really like extremely outstanding uh, teas with uh, really outstanding uh, waters. I mean, you, you can find me online. Uh, my online name on all the platforms is uh, Men with a Mug. And, uh, and you can also see this in my tea blogs on uh, menwithamug.com. But uh, I, I took, for instance, uh, Svalbardi, which is uh, a water which has a very low TDS, super low, and uh, which is... Uh, From a from a melted uh, iceberg, or so it's like pure water coming from the rain and then being locked uh, in in ice. And uh, the retail value of uh, of a bottle of Svalbardi is about $150. Wow. And uh, I tried to to pair that with um, with really outstanding teas. Like I remember, like one one I did was uh, when I was still living in in Asia with uh, Big Red Rope, which is uh, which is a, a Chinese uh, Olong from the from the Wuji Mountains, from the from the actual from the original. Uh, Uh, mother, uh, mother trees, and uh, and uh, some of these teas they would in from the original mountain they would in some auctions they they sold for up to 1.2 million dollar per kilogram of uh, of uh, big red rope, and it's it's a really it's a it's an it's an amazing uh, um, olong because it has so much complexity, and uh, if you then pair that with uh, that outstanding water, I think it's just in itself it's an it's an event, and uh, and uh, I've also liked a lot of. Uh, Uh, green teas. I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, also of uh, of uh, Japanese uh, green teas, uh, like for instance the the, the Gukuro, the, the the Japanese uh, shadow tea, and uh, and uh, I also try to pair that with uh, with uh, an exceptionally uh, high waters or high quality waters. And uh, I think a lot of it when when you are a sommelier, I think a lot of it is about uh, presentation and then how you really present the story and you combine the different stories. And I think from from my side, there's so much opportunities. Also in restaurants, that uh, that uh, when when you you have water on the table, normally in, in a lot of countries it's almost taken for granted. It's just there. But I think if you can raise water uh, to to a level that it really becomes uh, uh, um, an interesting component of a meal, it, there there's a, a lot of potential. And if you then combine that with uh, with a high quality tea, I think there's a lot of uh, restaurant can offer to their to their customers. Have you found a, a tea that pairs well with High TDS water, or or it it doesn't help. Um, I, I I tried to do this. I mean, there was a lot of things which which I tried to experiment uh, with, and and uh, um, sometimes it's quite interesting to to have a, a water with a high TDS combining with uh, with the tea because a lot of it in the in in the sommelier world is about uh, finding things which uh, match well, or which pair well. But there's also then then always this uh, this interesting component of trying to find the contrasts. So you can always find waters with uh, food or you can find teas with food which match very well but then sometimes when you do exact the exact opposite you create an interesting uh, contrast and, uh, and that has a good impact on the on the tea i mean also in in my studies i, I tried to look at different dimensions like for instance i was brewing a tea with uh, one water but then i would take a uh, water with a high tds uh, content and would make ice cubes out of them And would put that in, into a into a cold brew tea. So you'd have you have an iced tea with a with brewed with one water, but then the the ice cube itself is from a different water, and you can play around with uh, with that. Is and has a has a quite interesting uh, taste experience. And finally, 
all of these waters that you're talking about, for example, in, in the U.S., is it easy to, for people to find them? Uh, normally in the, in the U.S., it's normally um, quite easy to find. I mean, you can nowadays you can even get water online and there's a lot of uh, water distributors. I mean, a lot of the waters are, are you find in the, in the supermarkets, but there's also a lot of uh, water distributors, like, for instance, uh, Aqua Maestro, which is one of them uh, where you can even just package yourself different uh, different waters and then they ship it to you right away and they come even in, in one piece when they arrive at the at the house so the, there's different ways of uh, how you can get this i mean in, in europe also it's relatively easy i mean like when you go for instance in germany you look at the supermarkets there's 150 different uh, brands of natural spring water on the shelves because uh, and then you hardly find any purified water there so normally it's it's either in my in my country in, in, in malawi it's probably much much harder because it's it's really access to water here is uh, is uh, quite difficult so for for me it's a bit uh, i mean one one interesting story maybe ricardo is like when when i was studying with the 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 fine water academy uh, my teacher's first feedback was because we in the beginning we had to send a list of uh, what waters are available in your country and in myanmar it was also quite quite limited so he kind of told me that you're going to have a problem in, uh, in studying in this academy because uh, you have very limited access to water so actually i was lucky then because i was able to go to, to Bangkok in, in Thailand. And uh, there, there you can find in Thailand uh, quite a range of waters and a lot of uh, really high-end waters. So I would always then go on a weekend to, to Thailand and would come back with uh, two suitcases full of, uh, of water. And, uh, and my family thought I'm, I'm, I'm losing it. So, but it was, it's, it was an interesting experience. It must have been very heavy. It was very heavy. I think that they looked at me quite, quite, quite funny at the, the border when I came there with uh, two suitcases full of water. <laughs> but uh, but uh, luckily, I had uh, my, my, my UN passport, and uh, that was easy easy to get through. And regarding tasting water, is there like a special technique or something when you're tasting water? Uh, yeah, I mean, no normally when I do um, water tastings, I mean, a lot of it also depends how you present it. Like, for instance, the temperature, I think, is quite, quite key. And uh, you, you find in a lot of restaurants, you find that the water is really chilled down to, to a very, very low temperature. And uh, the problem then is that uh, when you have water with a very low temperature, then you can't really taste really what the character of the water is. And, uh, and uh, what we always in the, in, the, in the fine water industry, we talk about uh, a cellar temperature. Like if you, if you imagine like a wine cellar, and which is a bit cool, which is about, uh, let's say 18 to, to 20 degrees, uh, then, then uh, you, it's slightly chilled, so gives you like a good uh, tasting experience, but not too cold so that uh, your taste buds cannot really pick up the, the, the characters. And then what I normally like to do in a, in a water tasting is really go to the entire range. So I normally start with the, the very low TDS waters and I go up to uh, very high. There's like waters, for instance, like uh, like Roy, which has a TDS level of uh, 8,000. 8, or there's waters like uh, one called, uh, called Donut MG, which has a TDS level of uh, 13,000. And, uh, and uh, it, you, you can then really show your, your audience uh, the, the range you can go through in terms of uh, how the impact of uh, TDS is. And then certainly you can do similar, you can do then also for the sparkling waters. I mean, sparkling waters then also, you have different types of sparkles. You have like very fine, very granular up to very bold uh, and, and, and uh, very energetic uh, bubbles. So I think uh, there's a lot of things you can play around with. Okay, and can you give us uh, an example of, of a water that you really like? Uh, my favorite, I mean, I think uh, um, one of my favorites probably is, uh, is Svalbardi, which, which is, uh, it's not, not really my day-to-day go-to water because it's really 
difficult uh, to, to get and it's also quite expensive, but I, I just like the taste of it. So Alvarez has been winning uh, the, the, the taste awards uh, for, for a long, long time. I mean, there's a number of other waters I like is, for instance, uh, uh, Three Bays, which is, uh, which is uh, um, Australian water and, uh, and really um, amazing uh, brand. Um, I like uh, um, Aqua Morelli from from uh, Italy, which is a, which is a good taste. Uh, and uh, um, there's there's it's really it really depends a lot on uh, on what setting you need the water for. And, uh, and a lot of uh, when I when I used to do uh, now it's this year it's a bit a bit difficult. But when I used to do uh, water tastings or food pairings, it really depends a lot on how to best match a different water with uh, with a different with the taste of the food and how you're trying to bring out either a contrast or you're trying to find a good pairing. Okay, Marco. Well, thank you very much for all the information that you have given us and we'll keep in touch. Good. No, thank, thank you so much, uh, Ricardo, for that, uh, that opportunity. And uh, if, if any of uh, your, your listeners has any questions, then uh, please feel free to share them my my email and uh, and uh, my my website and i'm happy to answer any follow-up questions sure I'll, i'll write them down in the post good thank you bye thank you for listening to my japanese green tea podcast join us again next time 